I'm Andrew O'Hagan, host of a new podcast from the London Review of Books. It's about the bloodiest and most controversial event of the Falklands War, the sinking of the General Belgrano. Margaret Thatcher was accused of a war crime. The truth would only emerge in the pages of a private diary. This is the Belgrano Diary. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the London Review Bookshop. Uh, tonight is an unusual experience for me in this. I'm sitting next to the author of a book that I'm in the middle of writing a piece about, which I wouldn't normally do for fear of reprisals. I'm not saying mean things about it in the piece, so in this case, I think it's okay. Laurent Binet is the author of two novels. The first, HHHH, I should maybe say Ash, 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 which was published in France in 2009, tells the story of the assassination of Reinhard Heydrich, and also, in a way that's very unpretentious, I don't... I mean, not wanky, um, of, of Laurent's worries about the cor- corniness of historical fiction as a form. The second, the seventh function of language, which we'll mostly be talking about tonight, is, as I'm sure you know, a comic conspiracy thriller constructed around the death of Roland Barthes, who got knocked down by laundry van on his way back from a lunch with François Mitterrand, on the 25th of February, 1980, a Monday. Laurent has also written two books that haven't been translated into English. La vie professionnelle de Laurent Bay deals with his experiences teaching literature in secondary schools in the Paris region. And Rien ne se passe comme prévu is an account of François Hollande's campaign for the presidency in 2012, which... Laurent was let in on as a kind of embedded <coughs> writer. I'm sure we're going to end up talking about the present French election, but I'd like to start by asking Laurent about his experiences with Hollande and if there's any connection between them and the scenes of high-level politics in his new novel. So, <coughs> how, how did you end up with an inside view of the Hollande campaign? Well, yes, I mean, <coughs> at that time when I, fo- so I followed him in 2012 and I thought he was a good candidate and he was not such a good president, but that's another story. But uh, it, it helped me for this book because uh, the, the starting point of that book is the, the car accident of Roland Barthes. And Roland Barthes, when he was crashed by the car, he just came out of, from a lunch with François Mitterrand who was, it was in 1980 at the time, he was preparing the campaign of, which led him as a president in 81, you know. And uh, so at that time, his staff, especially his future minister of culture, Jack Long, 
who is still very famous in France, he organized lunch, dinners with uh, intellectual artists and people like that. And precisely that day, it was the, the Roland Barthes turn, you know. Uh, Roland Barthes died right after. So it was funny because Mitterrand, François Mitterrand, was always involved in such strange things, you know, and like very weird business like that, you know. So the surveillance yeah, and, but many people, they died in, in strange ways around him, you know, like the strange suicide with the, you know, like in the, in the, the uh, with, with the gun, in the, well, it's very strange. So it, it gave me a little, the, the beginning of the, of the, that story, like, okay, let's, let's make, let's make that accident murder. And, uh, and so let's make an investigation among the Roland Barthes world meaning the, all those intellectual pe people, you know, all the, the, the philosophers from the French theory, meaning Deleuze, Derrida, uh, Foucault, and so on, and also among the political world. And as I followed uh, Hollande campaign, I could, I, had the, I could understand how it works, first. Uh, and, and second, uh, I could meet Jack Lang himself, and so I asked him, you know, what about the lunch? So he didn't remember very well uh, what what they discussed during the lunch because they, he did made but he, he could remember what he cooked <laughs> this day because he was cooking for the, the the lunch and he remembered who was there not only Roland Barthes and so he gave me very uh, uh, and he told me many many things about that that time you know which was the, the the most glorious time of you know like it's always like the conquest and after the the after the the win the, then the troubles started but. So, so he uh, he remembered uh, he he was a precious help to uh, reconstruct the the background the political background of, of, of that time. Uh, were you yourself not invited to uh, lunch with Sarkozy? Or, or oh yeah yeah Sarkozy? yeah I was that's Princess. true but I I refused. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of hard to imagine you know it's hard to imagine Theresa May ringing Tom McCarthy or someone for <laughs> for breakfast in this country. How did you end up being actually kind of embedded with the Hollande campaign? There was some connection to your novel, wasn't there? Hadn't Hollande's then partner had interviewed you or something and rec recommended you for the job? Is that right? Yeah, well, I'm. Yeah, well, so that, that, that was that affair, you know. Uh, so Hollande's ex girlfriend, she's a journalist and she was interviewing me for HHHH a couple of years before. And when the campaign started, I was, you know, I'm, I was watching the TV show, the American TV show, The West Wing. You, you know that series? And uh, I liked it. Uh, and um, my girlfriend, she told me, well, I, I would love to be, uh, to see it from inside, you know. And uh, I thought, yeah, I would love it too. And I, I thought, well, but I, I could actually. So I just, I just asked, the, I had the mail of the... the Valérie Treweiler, the, the, the ex-girl, the, the, the current girl, yeah, girlfriend yeah. at that time, and I asked for, for rendezvous with, uh, with Hollande to ask him if I can follow him in order to write a book, and he said, okay. So it was my idea at the first mm. place. Uh, because, yeah, I mean, I was interested to, and it was fascinating how the campaign is running. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was really like... Like, like a run, yeah, like a race, you know, like a, and the rhythm, the, the, and how it works. It was really very, very interesting, you know. So I followed him for several months. 
Then he was elected, and uh, I almost I never met him again, just once for a short while. But yeah, I mean, I I, I really enjoyed him, following him as a candidate, and now I was not very I was very uh, quite quickly disappointed. Uh, when did the dis disappointment set in? At what point in the presidency? Well, from the beginning, it didn't look very good because I mean, from the like I feel deeply from the left wing, but I understand you can be from the right wing, you know, but what's, what's wrong with him is he pretended to be from the left wing and really, like, it's not like he didn't do what he said he would, what, mm. what he said he should do, you know, but he did exactly the opposite, you mm. know, like, it was like, you, you vote for Corbyn and you have Margaret Thatcher. Mm. So, <laughs> so quite quickly, yeah, I just ended um, <laughs> Everybody was, I mean, yeah, most of the people, they were disappointed. Everybody had his, at some point, it was, they were disappointed. And my, my point was, yeah, when he said uh, during the campaign, he was really like a bit like Jean Jaurès on, on, a, on, a, like on, a, on a truck talking to some workers which were like uh, on the way to be unemployed and fired and so and So he was really like, it was a very moving time at in front of some big factory, you know. Mm. And then the factory uh, has uh, collapsed and he did nothing to help them, you know. And mm. he promised a lot and he did nothing. And uh, that was a very strong moment during the campaign, very moving moment. And so, well, uh, at, at that time, I, I could see that he's just, he just gave them up. I, I thought, well, nowhere, nowhere. So, and it was very like less than a year before uh, after he was elected, and and after that, after what he did, much worse. <laughs> I wondered if uh, the figure of Mitterrand in the novel represents a similar kind of figure, someone who campaigned from the left and then governed from the the not left. Not really, because we forgot now, because of course, I mean, we are also spoiled, you know, and we are also, we are very easily disappointed. I mean, this is the game of the, the democracy's game, you know, we are, we, and especially French people, I mean, I am, I, I complain, you know, as a French, I complain, you know, like, basically, uh, I like to complain, and I complain about everything, you know, and so, uh, but we, we forgot, we, we, um, we believe that Mitterrand, was a real socialist for two years, and then he turned mm. upside down, and he became really right wing. But what he did in two years, mm. now I mean, you would call it hard Bolshevism, you know, mm. like hard communism. Like he was just national. Uh, he nationalized every bank of the country, you know, mm. and most of the industry of the country. You know, I mean, like now. Mitterrand, uh, Mélenchon, Corbyn, I mean, they, <laughs> they even don't think about doing such a thing, you know. And like the, the retirement age at 60, and the, 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 um, he gave uh, another week of uh, holidays, yeah. you know, and so many, many uh, social things, you know. And so while the, those two, two years, he did many things which remained for a very long time, you know. So it was not... It was not nothing at all, you know. Mm. Uh, and uh, but Hollande didn't do that at all. Mm. You know, like for after two weeks, we understood like, okay, well, it was, it will be just business as usual, you know. And we, most of us, we voted against Sarkozy, and we got another Sarkozy. You know, so. Mm. so we, we can't you can't compare. Plus, Mitterrand, 
uh, I studied a lot uh, for my book. I read his books. I read Giscard's memoirs, and so I, I really I, I, I was documented. And it's true that I, I, I didn't really believe it, but Mitterrand was a, a man of culture, you know, mm -hmm. a man of culture, and uh, he was. Yeah, I mean, the, the way he, he spoke, the way he wrote, he was quite brilliant, you know. And, and it wasn't just for show that he had these lunches. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, it was, it was not like for free, you know. I mean, <laughs> he wanted uh, to, to catch the interest of uh, the cultural world. But, no, he was a reader. He, uh, he, no, he was re really a man of culture. And at the same time, he was very, like, Machia Machiavellic, mm -hmm. you know, like he was a Florentine guy. Uh, but he, it, it was another level, really. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about literature some. Um, let me ask you about your your, your formation as a, as a student of literature. Was, was Bach an important figure to you then in your training? Well, actually, yes. First, I studied history because, um, well, because I was not. I, I loved literature, I loved books, but I didn't understand the point to explain them, you know, or to analyze them, you know, like, and Bart, uh, uh, at some point I, I switched from history to literature, and Bart explained to me that, yes, you, you, can, you can say something interesting about a masterpiece, about uh, literature, about, mm -hmm. and you, you can, like, say something, yeah, add, add something uh, as, as interesting as the book itself you know mm. so he basically he uh, he explained me how to how, how to teach you know I was a, I was a teacher a French teacher for 10 years and so he um, he, he gave me the, the, the tools to, to, to make my job actually yeah. so he was very important for me yes who were, other, who were the other important critics or thinkers at that time well the other French critics like uh, Gérard Genette or the Bulgarian mm. guy Svetan Todorov mm -hmm. he, he showed up Mm -hmm. uh, a little in the, in the book, um, and also, I mean, strangely, I I, I knew more uh, American philosophers uh, specialized of language, such as John John Austin. He was English, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, John Searle mm -hmm. is uh, his student. Uh, more than uh, Derrida, Foucault, and because th that's that's the funny thing, the funny the the funny part of it. Those guys, we know, we know their names in, Fr in French, in France, the, the French theory. The French theory, it means we, we, uh, Deleuze, Derrida, Foucault. So we know the names, but we don't read them a lot, and we don't study them at all in uh, literature studies, mm -hmm. maybe in philosophy a bit. But, and uh, what, what is funny is uh, in America, and even here, I mean, I, I, I'm in London, uh, I, I, I came this morning, and I, I met many people from different ages who told me, yes, I studied them mm. at university, you know, right. and uh, literature students. And, uh, and we, we didn't in, uh, in France, you know, those who read, uh, we were talking mm. about Deleuze, you know, mm. those who read Deleuze, it's like, um, like a, 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 a bit a, a punk, a punk thing, mm -hmm. you know, like, yeah, okay, I'm oh, not interested by the classics, you know, like, I will read Deleuze like, like uh, to, to protest against yeah. the system, you know, but uh, they are not really st studied at university. So I knew those guys like Umberto Eco, mm. uh, Roman Jacobson, the li linguistic guys, you know, but not very much the French theorists, the French uh, theory guys. 
And when you, uh, I, I, love, I love the way in, I've read several interviews in French where you speak of les philosophes de la French theory. Yeah. Um, and the, 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 the feeling that it's a made in America. Yeah, but well, it's I mean, true. I mean, the, the, the best proof of what I say is we don't say la théorie française. We, we call them la, la guys from exactly what you say, la French théorie. La French théorie. We say it in French. In, in French, it's la French théorie. <laughs> did, um, when you were researching the book, did you get the feeling that they were more famous in America yeah. than in France, even Definitely. in 1980? Definitely, yeah. Yeah, in France, I was um, well. I mean, I, I I I didn't I didn't go in the, the deep Arizona or you know or Texas, but in, in uh, the faculties, American faculties, mm -hmm. every undergrad had read some Derrida or uh, Foucault, and every teacher had met them, you know, uh, personally, and had most of the anecdotes I have on about, especially about Foucault. I have to say. But Foucault, Bart, uh, it's it's there are true anecdotes mm. given by some friends of them, you know, and 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 many American, actually American teachers, they had many uh, very funny anecdotes about, mm. about them. And how was that viewed in France? I mean, was it seen as a an instance of Anglo-Saxon eccentricity that we would latch on to these slightly marginal? Figures? You speak about my book or them? Uh, them generally. Did you get any sense of? I mean, how did it look from France that we would make no, well, gurus? Well, um, at some point, Foucault was a big deal, you know, and mm -hmm. like uh, they, they, they were viewed as some post '68 guys, you know, like mm. making uh, things messy, you know. Mm -hmm. But uh, for instance, Roland Barthes, he was uh, laughed, he was mocked because. Uh, of his language too complicated, you know, and yeah. he he's far from being the most complicated all of the all, all of those guys, you know. Yeah, I, I think I mean I was too young, but mm. as I uh, as I understood how it was at that time, and still now, like we understood, like they they, they did they, they are they are big stars, but they, they, they were not like rock stars like mm. they were in America, mm. like you know. Uh, I've got some. I, I, I have seen some picture of Baudrillard mm. invited in a casino in Las Vegas, you know, with a, a, a glittering jacket, you know, mm. and like it's, he looks like Elvis Presley, you know. So, yeah, they were definitely, they were much more a big deal there than in France. You know. the, the last big guys in France, they were Sartre and mm. Camus, you know, mm. Albert Camus. And afterward, we didn't really uh, know what to do with those guys, you know. Mm. Like we, we knew they were famous and important, and Foucault was involved in very, uh, you know, many, many uh, political struggle in France, you know. But uh, they, they, um, in a way, we decided that Sartre was the, the, the peak of something, you know, and, and that's it, you know. It was downhill since then. Yeah. yeah. And, and who are the equivalents today? Are there equivalent figures today? today? In today? France? Yeah. Well, no, well, so I'm... <laughs> of course, I'm, I'll sound like... Um, if I say, like, the, the, the level is uh, going lower, I sound like a conservative, old, mm -hmm. you know, grumpy, conservative guy, guy <coughs> which I'm on the way to be, I think, anyway. <laughs> Well, today the problem is the, 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 the most famous intellectual people, they are 
they moved really from the left wing to the very right wing, but I mean, they, they made, uh, they are a bit responsible of what happens with Le Pen today because. You're talking about Eric Zemmour. Eric Zemmour, of course, and uh, Alain Finkielkraut. Yeah. Uh, they are very, very, even Michel Onfray, he turns very, uh, not very good. They, are, they focus, you know, I, I wrote that book also because of a nostalgia of time I didn't know. A time that the, the main intellectual people, they, they are just talking, working, arguing about such things as the linguistic turn, language, linguistic, you know, and not only about national identity, you know, yeah. which, which is for 10 years now in France, which is like, this is the main topic, yeah. national identity, you know, like what is France nation. But at the same time, <coughs> it's not true that we have, like now it's the desert uh, in France and uh, there is nothing interesting. Like somebody like Piketty, Thomas Piketty, for mm -hmm. instance, he's world famous. But I think um, it's significant that the, the fields moved to economy. You know, we have also Frédéric Lordon, who was... Mm -hmm. uh, the, the, main, the main figure of the, the protest in Place de la République uh, with the Nuit Debout, you know, like it was mm. like a bit like Occupy Wall yeah. Street, but in uh, Republic in Paris. And uh, so those guys are brilliant and they, they are arguing together, you know, Frédéric Lordon doesn't like Piketty, but they are, they are, they are brilliant. We, ha we still have some interesting so socio sociologues. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's, but they are not always on TV. Yeah, doesn't mean uh, we, we stopped totally thinking in France. <laughs> but what, what, say, what you used to say Kundera, Milan Kundera, mm -hmm. about literature, he said, and, and I like that idea, like it's, it's, a, it's a kind of chain, like, like a, a, a link. At some point, the liter literature is vivid in Spain in, uh, in, the, in the 16th century, mm -hmm. you know, with Cervantes. And then it moved, it moves to another country. And then mm. it's English time, you know, in 18th century, English novel. Mm. Then it moves to France, you know, and like Balzac and uh, Stendhal and everybody. And then France influences Russia. And this mm. is Russian time, you know, like Dostoevsky, uh, you know, and so on. Then it moves back to Eastern Europe, you know, like Kafka and, you know. And then, you know, for instance, Pablo Neruda in South America, mm -hmm. Uh, he, 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 uh, he, he chose that name, Neruda, after a Czech writer called Jan Neruda. So he was mm. influenced. So I like this idea that there is no, no, no border, no countries, like it's an in, some, something international, you know. But, and, and then at some point, the, 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 every country has its, its moment, you know. It's like its literature is more vivid here or there, you know. And I think it's the same for philosophy or for thinking, mm. you know. And so we had, we had a glorious moment during the 60s, you know, the mm -hmm. 70s France. And we, we, so we, we passed it, you know, like we, we, then it moved to, to other countries, you know. So, so where is it now? Where are we now? I don't know. Well, I don't know. I think, um, well, I think, you know, in America, you, you, they still have Chomsky. And, but Chomsky, it's already from another time. It's not Chomsky time mm. now uh, mm. anymore. Uh, for literature, I would say like it's still it's still America's time, you know, mm -hmm. Northern and Southern America, you know, like the last writer I discovered is uh, Eduardo Galeano, Uruguay, Uruguayan writer. He died two years ago, you know, and he's Eduardo Galeano. Galeano, yes. 
and uh, Bolaño was uh, mm -hmm. such a great writer. Mm -hmm. So la last year it was really, and my favorite living writer, even if he's, if he's not very productive now, is uh, Bret Easton Ellis. Uh, so, well, I mean, now I'm much more interested by uh, Northern and Southern American uh, mm. no novels than, than French, mm. I have to say. For the, for the philosophy, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say. What, what do you think? What do you like about Bretton's Nurse? The reality distancing effect? Or yeah, well, maybe something like that. I'm not sure what you mean, but... Uh, what I like with <laughs> I, I'm not. what I like with uh, British Ellis is the way he has to um, something I tried to do in fact in my in my book to to make his own novel collapsing itself you know like destructing uh, self destructing you know like mm. the, the at the end of a novel of British Ellis you 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 don't know what happened because the characters they are under drug or they are they are not real, reliable. And so I think, in a way, it's it's um, it's very uh, Derrida, you know, it's mm -hmm. very Derrida, like Derrida-like, mm -hmm. the way that uh, the, the the novel deconstructing uh, is deconstructing itself, you know, like like really like uh, undermi uh, undermining. Does it yeah, mean something? Yeah, yeah. And he does it in a, in a very very uh, impressive way. I think this is one point. Another point is what I tried. To, to be influenced uh, in, in my book, he's, he's a master of dialogues, I think, and especially of the, uh, uh, parties, parties scenes, mm. les, 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 les scènes de soirée. Mm. He's so good, you know, like with many people, you know, like it's complicated to, to manage, like when there is many people, many things happen, happening together, mm. he's, he's a master to create a tension from that, you know, I'm talking to you, but... <laughs> This guy, he looks yeah. a bit strange. This guy, he's not listening. I don't know why, you know. Those, we don't know, you know. Like, and so, and, uh, like, he, he's very, he's so brilliant with uh, la, la simultaneité, mm. simultaneous things. And this is, an, you go for this effect a lot in your book. There's the party I tried the parties, the, yeah. The sad publisher trying to get off with the boy and the... The dinner, the dinner scene with yeah. uh, Solers, Cristeva, BHL, yeah. and the, the big party in uh, Cornell, the Co yeah. Cornell campus, yeah. you know. And like, you know, the way like uh, that, that uh, Cristeva will say something, which is a quote, you know. It's mm -hmm. something uh, clever, interesting, brilliant, and at the same time, like... Uh, Guattari will have will uh, have his uh, fourth uh, Morito and things, many things happening together at a different level and uh, put all together. I think I think it creates something I like mm. as a reader. So I mm. try to, to do it as a, as a writer. It is interesting to me that you like English and American fiction for its formalistic qualities or its experiments yeah, yeah. with form, because in England and America, we tend to think of French writing as being much more adventurous in that way, or at least much more, more, more adventurous with form, or at least more abstract, perhaps. Do, do, do we have that wrong? Are we, am I entirely wrong to think that? Well, is, is, is French fiction less adventurous these days? Oh, well, uh, yeah, I, I believe so, yeah, I believe so, but, well, I mean, then, I don't know. Uh, mm. We, sh we shouldn't. Yeah, answer, we yeah. shouldn't give names yes. because if we give, but I mean, yeah. Okay, I will give some names. Uh, for instance, you know, I mean, in France, some people they said that Welbeck is the French Bretistan Ellis, and mm -hmm. I completely disagree because he's 
I, I don't say he's not interesting, right? Uh, he is, but the form, the form of his books are quite classical. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I call it like po post Balzac mm -hmm. novels. Although the, the, the last books he wrote, you know, he tried to do something uh, a, a bit like British and Ellis like, like showing himself in the book as a character murdered in a novel of Welbeck. Welbeck is murdered and he dies and uh, there is his uh, funeral. So it's very French because it's very egomaniac, of course. Mm -hmm. But um, Bretis Tonellis, he did it 15 years before with the Lunar Park, you know, uh, mm -hmm. where he doesn't die. But it's, it starts like um, a memoir. Yeah, an autobiography. Mm -hmm. and, and it turns uh, Stephen King yeah. thriller. You know. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Oh, and so, and it was so brilliant, you know, I mean, it's a masterpiece, that book, you know. And then, Welbeck comes and he does something not as good mm. so, so it's uh, too bad <laughs> in in your in your personal and, and uh, just you you mentioned english writers uh -huh. and i have to say so martin amis is uh, is is also a master you know oh, right? yeah yeah i love martin amis let, let me oh, sorry sorry let me regroup for a minute <laughs> sorry. Um, in your um and what I wanted to ask about was in your in your first novel in HHHH, yeah. you are very scrupulous. You are very careful not to change the facts of historical events. And in your new novel, you introduce flamboyantly made-up elements, such as having Jacques Derrida being torn apart by wild dogs in 1980. <laughs> you spoil um, them, by the way. How do these two things fit together in your idea of? in your idea of fiction of what you're doing? Well, I think, I mean, I, I would say that this, th those novels are the two faces of the same question, which is the relationship between fiction and history. You know? mm. And uh, uh, apparently this is what uh, interests me the most. So they, they face, the two novels face the same question from 
two opposite angles, you know, mm -hmm. like, uh, which is like, okay, this is a complicated, <laughs> this is complicated, a complicated relationship, you know, history. And, uh, and so I wanted to try, um, I wanted to try two different ways to confront the, that, that question. But so this is the, the, yeah, this is one way to explain. But I mean, the truth is maybe I was just fed up because <laughs> for 10 years I wrote HHHH, mm. you know, and like chasing the historical truth, you know, so. After 10 years writing HHHH, I, I think I deserved a bit of fun. <laughs> and I enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it made me uh, euphoric. How do you say euphoric? Like, when I realized that I can do whatever I want, you know. And, and I remember, like, well, so you spoiled about the idea, so I can't. I'm sorry. Just, I'm no, sorry. it's OK. But my, my publisher, my, mon editor, my, my editor, she told me, but you can't kill him. And I was so happy. I, yes, I can. <laughs> and you know, I mean, like, of course, you feel like God, you know, like. And this is a, a this is a Stephen King lesson. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I I remember. He said, if you can kill a character, kill him. <laughs> and so, well, I just say it's so it's so cool, you know. And I have to say, it's it's nothing to do with most of the. I, I don't like every of my characters, but yeah, mostly I like them all. Even Solers, Derrida is one of my favorites. You know, so mm. I didn't kill him because I, mm. I I didn't like him. I killed him just because at at that point of my novel it was cool. You know, mm. so, and yeah, I, I mean, I and I experienced what I couldn't experience with uh, with HHHH. You know, like the 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 the, the freedom, the freedom and the and the power. You mm. know, like the the the. I, f I felt almighty, you know, like, yeah, yeah just, yeah, I so felt like, like God. When Simon Herzog becomes self-aware or becomes aware of himself as maybe being a character in the novel, are you doing a kind of self-criticism for your own feelings of mad power? Yeah, sure, of course. I mean, I mean, the struggle, uh, at some point, my character is uh, going paranoid, paranoid mm -hmm. and wondering if he would, if he's not trapped in a novel, you know. Actually, you know, yeah, it's like a metaphor of like uh, our relationship with God, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, he's more and more upset, and more and more he feels really anxious. And uh, and at the end, um, I wrote the, the the last chapters. I wrote it after I wrote them after um, the Bataclan, you know, the, mm -hmm. the, the, uh, the the murders in Paris. And I, I wrote something like. Um, if God exists, like like the the Simon Herzog struggle turns to be like a metaphor of our struggle against mm -hmm. somebody above, you know. And um, I wrote something like if God, if either uh, if ever God exists, he's just a bad novelist, mm -hmm. you know. And uh, and the the, the 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 final yeah the the final chapter I wrote it in such a state of mind, like. The, the I was I was the bad god, you know, like who mm. could decide if he will live or die, and I I, I was wondering very long, mm. <laughs> and and uh, he was he was just the human being. He doesn't know why he's here. He tries to manage, you know, and he tries to do his best, mm. and so he was just the, I, I was the, the the metaphor of a nasty god, and he was the metaphor the, yeah. the novelist, yeah, and he was the metaphor of. Just a poor human being trying to survive in a cruel world. You know, it's quite a dark closing chapter. Don't don't say everything. I, 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 no, no spoilers. Um, 
Are we meant to understand that Simon has been kind of corrupted by his his own power of language? <laughs> yes. Yeah, sure. I mean, this is also about a certain era, a certain period. You know, like eighty, eighty one. This is <laughs> this is a very. Um, <laughs> I, I I would call it in in French. I would call it as a sunset novel. You know, like there is, this is the end of something. Mm -hmm. It's very um, what makes I, I believe the, the novel uh, melancholic, melancholic, mm -hmm. melancholical, melancholy, melancholic. Or what makes me melancholic is <coughs> that misunderstanding at that time. We believed in eighty one that. I remember I was nine, you know, I was a kid, but I remember. We believe that, okay, this is the, the beginning of the, the era of the so socialism, mm -hmm. you know, because Mitterrand won. But it was not. It was the beginning of Thatcher's and Reagan's yeah. era, you know. And so we French, we were completely out of the timing. Or I, I don't know how to say that in English, yeah. you know, but like we were, yeah, like really against history, you know, mm -hmm. and... And so, but just, it was two or three years after, it was fixed, you know, like uh, Mitterrand gave up with all those socialist things. And so, and then we, we just, we followed the, the, the train of history. And, um, and, and so, yeah, so the, the, there, there is also that, and, and significantly at the end, Simon Herzog, he's, um, you can understand that, um, some communication, famous communication agency approached him. You know, he started as a teacher, yeah. and maybe you don't know what will happen. You don't, you know, but um, like this will be the the um, managing communication agency's time. You know, mm -hmm. uh, beginning. You know, and the um, the power of the seventh function maybe ends up with Obama. <coughs> yeah, well, that was a little uh, how to say in English like. I suggested, I suggested that, uh, yeah, Obama will yeah, yeah. have the benefit of the seventh function, yeah. which, so, yeah, it was just a bit like, a, like an optimistic uh, mm -hmm. joke in, yeah, yeah. In, the, in the book. So, I'm guessing the answer is no, but is there a suggestion to that the, there is a connection between the post-structuralist moment and the, the thinking of all those kind of guys and, and the kind of world of media politicians and media intellectuals that we have today. today? That's it, no, right? yeah, yes, there is, there is, because those who, um, I mean, you know, what is the, it, it may be a shame, but I think it's true, what is the, 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 the biggest inheritance mm -hmm. or l'héritage mm -hmm. Posterity of Bart. Mm -hmm. I mean, who are the the, 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 the first hairs hairs As. of Bart? They are the, the advertisement guys, mm -hmm. you know. Like it's they are the, the like uh, madmen, mad you know. Mad, yeah. Those guys, yeah. they uh, they read Bart very well, or, uh, or his friends, you know, and they understood his lessons, you know. Like they understood the the most important uh, idea, which was. Everything is talking, you know, everything is meaningful, you know, like the, the color of the walls, the, 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 the color of my shirt, everything, you know, and so, the, the, mm. and they used it like, you know, you know, this is the, the secret of the, the, of that capitalist system, you know, they mm. are very clever to, to absorb everything and to, to use it and to even to turn it against those who <laughs> wanted to fight them, you know, so, 
uh, in a way, you know, the, 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 best, the best homage, uh, the biggest, maybe not the best, but the biggest homage to, to Bart, it's not like he's still studied uh, at university, but he's useful for the, I mean, the system. Use Bart every day, you know, like use semiotics mm. every day, you know. Mm. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, no, I, I think we're going, we've whipped through quite a lot of time. I'm wondering if it might be time to turn over to um, questions from the audience, if I've held the floor for long enough. Just a very quick question. Um, slowly, well, slowly. Because I, from the beginning, you know, I hear every kind of English accent from native speakers. So. <laughs> um, it's a very simple question, really. Okay. Um, it's the books that you talk about that you like in Ameri uh, English language books. Do you read them in English or do you read them translation? Or have you read any um, in both? Yeah, well... It, have it you seen the difference, the nuance of differences between the... Yeah, sure, sure. It can happen. I read a, a book in English and I understand, but it, I'm slow, you know, so uh, at some point, usually I get lazy and uh, I read it in French. Uh, if I have the two versions, yes, I can, you know, I read it in French and I can just check uh, from some parts in English. Most of the time I read, it, I read them in, in French, but uh, it can happen. Can you tell if it's a good translation? Uh, my, my book? Any book, really. Well, for example, yeah, I mean, some, some Shakespeare. I know, I know Shakespeare in English quite well, I have to say, and I know some better translation from, uh, compared to some others. But uh, I can tell you, as far as I know, I didn't read my... <laughs> strange because I'm quite narcissist, narcissistic, but I didn't read my whole book in English, <laughs> which is a very interesting experience when I read chapters of my book in English. It's very strange because it's me and it's not me, you know, and it's like, it's very uh, it's familiar and strange. It's very, very uh, interesting experience. <laughs> And it's not different, it's something more, actually, because it's me and it's somebody else. So, and it's, I, I like that so far in English, which is basically the only language I can understand, more or less, uh, apart French. Uh, and, um, but every, everybody told me the, the Sam, Sam Taylor is brilliant, and uh, he, he caught my, my, my voice, or I don't know how to say it, you know, like he... he uh, those who can speak fluently both languages, they told me that he really caught my, my, my style, you know, my style, you know, and the, that the way the, that, yeah, I mean, uh, well, I don't want to define my style, but, uh, so I think he's very good. Earlier you mentioned, uh, you were talking about current styles of novels. Uh, and about what? Novel, novels today. Yeah. Novels that are being written today. And you even mentioned uh, the... Uh, you were yeah. talking about uh, autobiographical novels, and yeah. I was quite surprised that you did not mention people like uh, Emmanuel Carrère. Emmanuel Carrère, yeah, sure. Or Kanausgaard, uh, 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 for instance. And to me, it seems Kanausgaard, the Norwegian writer who Kanausgaard. wrote... Uh, Mein Kampf? No. Yeah. 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 I haven't uh, read where, this one. Where but... these books are, they, they are, I, I think they are of a different genre than what you're talking about because, for instance, Le Royaume, which uh, I just read, and it's biography. He calls it a novel, and there are things in there which is about his life, 
but it's also really the, the story of the birth of Christianity, which is, you know, it's an amazing combination of what's true and what's historic, and then also, I think, what's true of his own life as well. Yeah, sure, yeah. And yet the whole thing forms what he calls a novel, but uh, I just wonder whether you... What your opinion of those? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, Emmanuel Carrère. That's true. I mean, um, I think uh, what he does. I, I haven't read Le Royaume yet, but I read many of his uh, former novels, and uh, I think it's very interesting. First, and some people they compared my uh, my work H H H H to his work, and it makes sense because we speak about story and including our, ourselves inside the story. You know. And so I have to say that's true, L'Adversaire, la, la, ou un, un roman russe, I think. D'autres vies que la mienne, exactly. It's very close to what I did with HHHH. And uh, it's a kind of an evolution from the standard, the classical autobiography. <laughs> so it's true that I'm a bit too hard with the French literature today. I mean, there, there are very interesting writers, you know, but they are not the most famous, you know. Carrère is very successful and very famous. But you're, you're right, yeah, he's very interesting. Uh, his work is very, very interesting. Yeah, you're, you're right, yeah. yeah. But, and maybe I'm a part of it, even if I don't realize, if I don't know the Norwegian guy. Or, yeah. I mean, do you envision those kind of writers as a field of writing that you're in? Is that so? Uh, as a, uh, sorry, tell me again. Write, writers like Carrère or um, Javier Carcas or Sarkas. Sarkas, yeah, um, I was told about Sarkas, so Anatomia, the instant it's, it was really brilliant and and it's also a bit the same as, as, <laughs> as you, you say you're right yeah Serkas Carrère yeah well I think uh, there is a connection between between them and uh, I think between me and them too uh, but we, we are it's not like before like we are not uh, a group you know yeah. or a school or like uh, the I was in Blumberry now, <laughs> uh, you know. The blue uh, And um, basically, in France, we had a, a quite a long moment of what we call the auto fiction. It's like an autobiography, but with fiction inside, as something which can be interesting. But at some point, people were fed up with that, you know, and so the things had to move. And now, some journalists actually, or some a French writer, he said that now it's exofiction time, exofiction time, like a bit like what I did with the seven function. Like we, we take okay. not our lives to make it as a fiction, but d'autres vies que la mienne, you know, other people's lives, like Foucault, like Barthes, to make a fiction with, with that, you know, like, or like uh, with historical characters, you make a fiction with that, you know, and now it's true that. Many people, many writers in the world, they, they, they like to play with that. They, they, they like to, to yeah. So the, you're going outward instead of inward. This is, is this the idea of exo fiction? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, I mean, you are not the, the yeah. main character, although you can be inside the book. You are not the main character, but you use real characters to, to, to make your novel. Uh, thank you very much for a fascinating presentation. Um, it's a follow-up question, I think, to the last one, really, um, about the historical novel. Um, and uh, Ashashash, I think, was um, a, a, a really good example of taking real historical characters and letting your imagination work on them. And my question is really, 
Do you find it a problem achieving a balance between you know, having rest being restricted to some extent by what actually happened in history and using your imagination? Is there a problem for you um, writing, uh, achieving this uh, a balance between imagination and history? It, I mean, yes, it was such a problem. It was such a problem for HHHH that I made that problem the main topic of the book. You know, I mean, the, the, the question, the, all the HHH, all HHHH is about what question, how to tell a true story. And, uh, and so that, that's why I did what I did, like showing how I could be, I, I, I wanted to tell the true story, you know, and so I explained my research, you know. And sometimes when I didn't know, I was tempted to invent, to make things up and resisting, but sometimes not resisting, like falling, you know, into the fiction and then deconstruct, deconstructing. The, the, and so what, what I tried to do with HHHH was always uh, showing when I used fiction, you know, in order to make it a, a, a subject of discussion, like, yeah, okay, well, I didn't know. The, and this is why, why I made those jokes about the color of the car, you know, the Mercedes, was it green or black? It doesn't really matter what it, if it was green or black, but it showed, it was, for me, it was a symbol of what I was chasing desperately, and of course, I could never, never really reach, you know, like the historical truth, which was just, uh, yeah, and I, I, so yeah, it was the, definitely the main problem, you know. And so in that case, with the, the, the new one, <laughs> I was just like more playful. And, but in both cases, I wanted to exhibit, to show, you know, when I use fiction, because in different ways, but with this one, I, I don't pretend that Bart was murdered, you know. I want, and when I kill someone who was not supposed to kill, I really want to create a shock to the reader, you know, like he's reading the story and suddenly, what, <laughs> what's the point? Mitterrand died. No, I, I didn't kill Mitterrand, but I thought about killing him in 81, you know, to, to, to give you uh, an example of my state of mind, like, like to, to make the reader <laughs> just wondering, as I did, you know, what is, you know, I mean, <laughs> what's going on between fiction and, uh, and real, you know, and what I didn't want to do is pretending like, you know, to, to, to make something very realistic. At the end of, the, of your reading, you could believe everything is true. You know, I didn't want to, to I wanted to show that, yes, okay, remember, like, like Kundera does, this is another reason what I like, why I like Kundera, like remember, it's a novel, you know, I wanted to play with the suspension of disbelief, you know, I wanted from time to time, like to, to not to suspend, your, uh, le, le, uh, well, you, you understood what I mean, it's <laughs> because it's not the same term in French, but you remind that you are reading a novel, you know, and taking the risk that I could break the, the, the magic, you know, but uh, I, I like to, to, to play the, that game. M Mr. wanted to ask a question for a long time. <laughs> and I just want to go back to current affairs and ask your view on the upcoming election. Okay. I'm sure lots of people would like to ask this. And I'm more interested in Macron because I think we know Le Pen quite, quite a lot. Yeah, we know no, I totally agree. We know she's a bad, bad girl, but what about Macron? Okay, yeah, well, I mean, it's very simple. Macron is a banker. <laughs> so, okay, so in order to avoid fascism, we will vote for a banker. I call it blackmail. I will, <laughs> and so I will vote for Macron. 
I'm despaired about it, but what else can I do? Like, I would, uh, yeah, I said it today in some radio, I don't know, like, <laughs> we, have, we have to choose between Thatcher and Hitler. <laughs> so, okay, well, <laughs> so I will vote Thatcher, but don't ask me to be happy about it. <laughs> this is what I can <laughs> tell you, but, well, yeah. Churchill, he, he, he said it very well, you know, democracy is the, the worst system apart all the other systems, you know, <laughs> apart every other system, you know. Listening to you, it's almost as though uh, France hasn't really got used to capitalism. And it really doesn't like capitalism. What you just said is quite interesting because it's always the bankers who save us from fascism because it's never the left because never, the left is never organized and is ne never has the guns. So it, it is, it's Roosevelt who saves us from fascism. And it's, and it's the... It, it, it's Stalinism that saves us from fascism, and it's the British who save us from that's fascism. True, that's true. Yeah. Well. Okay. I, and there's this kind of. I mean, I find your book very. I thought HHH was one of the best books I've read forever, um, and this new book I'm looking forward to. But it's almost as though France is incredibly uncomfortable with capitalism, and it's almost <laughs> as though it's about time you grew up. And kind of move, try to create a movement beyond capitalism, social capitalism or something like that. But I feel that very, very yeah, strongly. Yeah. Whenever I go to France, I was involved in the May and June days. In and I remember, in 68 and 67, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember all that bullshit, all that crap, all that wishful thinking. It never led anywhere. It just led another generation to be disillusioned and become the bankers. So, well, <laughs> uh, I, I'm afraid my answer won't be very, uh, won't, show, won't show that uh, I'm on my way to grow up. I, will, I have the deepest respect for English people, you know, like the, the Churchill. For me, Churchill is the, the greatest politic, politic man of the 20th century and maybe the greatest man of the 20th century. But I would like to remind you that <laughs> Roosevelt didn't save us from the, the fascism. And England didn't save, save us from the fascism. Soviet, Soviet Union, Soviet Union <laughs> saved us from the fascism, you know. So, and as you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, we French, we really, you know, I mean, it's all fate now, like, the, it, it was not our finest hours, <laughs> the Second World War. It was your, your finest hours, English people's finest hours. But the fate of the Second World War happened in Stalingrad and nowhere else, nowhere else, you know. So Roosevelt, he helped, he gave weapons, but th those communist savages, they saved us, they saved us. This is my answer. You needed, you needed two fronts. It wasn't just a simple question. It wasn't fought on one front. Anyway. Sorry. And, and, and another, um, I, um, I would like to answer about yeah, the bankers and uh, the France. I think if it's still okay to live in France, you know, it's because what happened after the war and after the war, the goal with the communists, they made social security, you know, like what Obama desperately tried to do in in uh, in US now you know now like w what we have for 70 uh, years 
they, and this is the reason why they, they don't. I mean, it's you. You should. You shouldn't be ill in America. You should better be ill in France. You know. And now, of course, Macron, maybe not Thatcher, but and Sarkozy was not Thatcher, but they want to be. And Macron, he he came here and he said it like. It was a chance for you to have Thatcher, you know. Thatcher was a big opportunity, big chance for English people. I don't think so, you know. And we are still far from the, the Thatcher's point in France, but those guys, they, they want to go there. And I think if, you know, France is not collapsing or is not in riot every day, every, it's because we still have that social security those people, Macron and Fillon especially, they want to dismantle, you know. So I think the, 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 the lefties, they, they, they can, yeah, they can be, as you say, like just angry teenagers, not very productive, but sometimes they do, they, they product, they, they, they do good things. <laughs> well, on this, uh... that, that's, that's a very, uh, this, uh, that's a very French way to discuss, you know. I mean, I'm surprised because I thought only in France we could, you know, like uh, frontally, like uh, uh, discuss about politics. You know? but so I'm happy to see that in, Engl in England too. I'm a Marxist, Engelist, Trotskyist. Okay, okay, okay. So that's that. That sounds good. That sounds good. <laughs> uh, on this lively exchange of ideas, we must end, having run out of time. Uh, uh, Laurent Binet, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. thank you for joining us for this London Review Bookshop event. For more, visit our website at www.londonreviewbookshop.co.uk or search for the London Review Bookshop on iTunes. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.